0: Hey, hey, welcome to the Cocoa Express show for March 19th, 2014. It's Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. It's hump day. So guess what? Two more days and you get to the weekend and tomorrow's the first day of spring. I'm happy about that. Now, as you know, March is Women's History Month. And we've had some phenomenal women come through and, and share their stories and, and tell different things about themselves. And like I said, the Cocoa Express show embraces women all time the time because most of the people that are on our show and affiliated with our show are some amazing women and this particular show is it holds a special place in my heart because of the simple fact that this is an amazing woman who I had the pleasure of watching her become who she has become and you know it's really interesting when you think about um, when you're growing up you don't know what the future holds and you don't always know Who's gonna turn into who, and what's gonna happen with people? But when you have the opportunity to watch someone turn into an amazing, phenomenal athlete and human being, you really sit back and you say, "I'm really glad I had, I was blessed with the opportunity to witness this." Now today we're gonna to have uh, Diane Dixon. Diane Dixon is uh, an American champion and Olympian, and The true mark of a champion is not by the number of medals that you win or earn or the records that you break, but it's the way that you overcome adversity. And she has tenacity of a warrior, and it shows in everything that she does. Please allow me the opportunity to bring to you my friend Diane Dixon. Hello. Hello. I guess I lost her. Well, um, hopefully she'll be able to pick up. I'm not exactly sure um, what happened, but she was on the line with that show. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Hey. Oh, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, okay, good. No, no.
1: All right. I'm at work still, unfortunately.
0: Okay. <laughs> no. That's part of who you? I'm doing well, and that's part of who you are because... You're always moving. You're always doing something, and that's what I that's what I've come to know you as, somebody who's always moving and doing something.
1: (laughs) Never sitting down. Always moving and shaking. Seven days a week, nine
0: to nine. I hear you. (laughs) Well, hopefully, this weather will give you some reprieve somehow, some way.
1: It's still cold in New York City. Where do you live?
0: I'm in Delaware, and we have rain today. It's still cold. I know.
1: I know. So, but it is it's New York City for you, so
0: Yes. So Diane, now mm-hmm. um, tell us about Diane Dixon. I mean, you like I said, are an amazing woman and you've accomplished so <laughs> much. So much in this short time we've been on this planet. And what I wanna know and I want people to understand is what it took for you to get to where you where you were to where you are. And meaning that what it took for you to get from um, when we ran with PSAL and you were on the Atlas track team all the way to the Olympics. What did it take? How did you well, get there?
1: I was on the Atlas, any Atlas track club. First of all, it took a lot of perseverance. Um, my personality was, um, I was very hyperactive when I was younger, and so I remember I was six years old. Miss Ratten in the fourth grade, and um, I, I went up to her desk and I told her, to ask me what I learned today and then she looked at me and she said what did you learn today I said I learned nothing you taught me nothing and I was six and at that time I knew I was kind of special because who does that in the first grade you know <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah and 1977 I was watching cold women's games like six year late I was 12 and I wanted to run track I felt that I had all this energy and it had to be directed somewhere and so my mom didn't want me to compete because she said running was for horses so I had taken my, God bless her, Aunt Liz, down to Pratt Institute. So I walked into Pratt, and I said, I want to know who's the best coach in here. And they directed me to a guy to, like, yesterday, the eyes on, shirt, his collar up, Gucci loafers, no socks, and jeans. His name was Fred Thompson, and he owned the Adams Track Club, and he was the director of the track meet. So I walked up to him, and I said, you know what? I want to be a team. I want to bring a team. And he said, who are you? I said, I want to be a team. He said, yeah, but I already have 50 girls. And I said, yeah, but you don't have me. And that's what led that whole, you know, segue right into me becoming a part of the Adam Track Club, following Fred Thompson around the first year of Colgate, making the finals. I was 12 and really had no direction, but I knew I wanted to be a leader and I knew I wanted to run track. And so I guess he, I, my personality was that I was going to be just the famous, this person and track and build works for me. At the time, now they probably call it A G Z, but back then it was just like, "Oh, she wants to run track," <laughs> and that's pretty much, you know, being pers- persevering and never giving up. I found out they trained at the Old Boys and Girls High, which was about a mile from my house in Crown Heights. I would jog every single day to practice and just watch them And um, the Atlas I was on it very briefly. I mean, it was like maybe two minutes, but the Atlas Track Club is really my home. And um, I know. finally, I just yeah, I went through the gate, and there it was. I was started, you know, training with the girls. And the like, first time she said, "Oh, you want to be on my team?" I'm like, "Yeah," and the rest is history.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I happen to have the pleasure of being there to to witness all of that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I was something else. I'm something else now.
0: Yeah, you so. were, you were, but you know what? What I found um, being on the Adams was. That you had these amazing women to look up to, right. and they, they were, were doctors,
1: they were lawyers, they were nurses, we weren't just all we all couldn't be Olympians, but we had other attributes that were very well respected and acknowledged, you know, and so that was the beauty of what Fred Thompson molded us to be is to go to college and you know become college graduates and get good jobs and careers, and if we were an Olympian, hey, that was just extra. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes, it was. And I, you know, we all trained hard. We did. And, you know, we all knew what we were supposed to do. We did what we were supposed to do to our best abilities. And Mm -hmm. um, you excelled. You excelled. um, You broke records. You have traveled the world, um, Mm -hmm. just blessing the world with your God-given gift and talent. Now, What was that like for you? What was it like personally? Because I know you had to make certain sacrifices, and how did that feel?
1: Well, I mean, the sacrifice that I feel today, although Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter has brought me the full spectrum to keep in contact with the ones I grew up with, was that I was removed at 12 years old from my peers. And at 13, 14, I was in Yugoslavia. I mean, I was in Berlin. I was in Switzerland, London, Paris. Um, You know, you name it, and I was there, and I would come back home and try to explain, you know, my travels, but my parents were either too young or just didn't want to hear about what I had to say, so I had to grow up very fast, and I was with the older Adams, the Lorna Ford and Joe Tucson, and, you know, all the older people I had to kind of, you know, relate to and kind of um guide me, and so what I didn't have was that, you know, that friendship where you grow up with friends of 30 and 40 years. I mean, I know them, but I don't know them because I wasn't there. So I sacrificed my friendships, but, you know, the beauty of it is that I went on to do things that nobody could dream about, somebody coming from Brooklyn did. And, you know, I'm proud of that. You know, I'm a great mom, I'm a single mom, I raised my son the same way. He's not really removed from, you know, his kids, but he plays basketball for Bishop Ford and it's different, you know, now than it was back when I was running track. And so I guess I gave up a lot of you know, really good solid friendships. Um and that's what I guess I missed the most was um, the fact that if you get older, We don't gain friends, you actually lose friends. You gain acquaintances. But what I can say, thanks to, you know, social media, I'm able to reach out. And people are like, oh, do you remember me? And I'm like, God, yeah, I do. And so that's the beauty of it, is that it, it, it hasn't really been lost.
0: Oh, that is excellent. But I
1: gave up a childhood. I gave up, I wasn't hanging out in the streets. You know, I couldn't really go party, you know, but the, the, the final spectrum of it was that the full circle was you want to be a Olympic champion or you don't and that's what you have to do, that you have to sacrifice to be the best in the world. And that was my life. That was those were my friends. All my international friends that I created all over the country, all over the world. Those were my friends.
0: And, and that's look, a beautiful that. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing because of the simple fact that, um, you were spared. You were spared a lot of the um hardship that some of the um, some of our fellow team members um, Experienced. I mean, there are some of our team members who are no longer with us, and right. that you know that was something that happens because um, the adversity of the situation is that you are coming from Brooklyn, and you you know, and it's it's not easy. It's it's a grind, and you have to be a, in a certain mindset, or you have to choose a path. And instead of choosing the mindset, you chose a path, and you chose a path that was just perfect for you.
1: Yeah, you know, it was tough because, you know, Freddie, he had coached my personality more than anything else. And even now, I know um, people would tell me that, you know, you have a very strong, very strong, overwhelming personality. And even working like 9 to 5 and and getting jobs, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it was difficult because I was so used to being in a leadership position. But if it wasn't a leadership job, it was kind of tough to get to um, you know, being like, you know, not asking questions that was questionable. And so I started working at Douglas Element about a year ago only because I wanted to be an independent contractor to create my own destiny and I could be me in this role. The other jobs I had, you know, motivation speaking always came easy. But to be an independent contractor, when I could be me myself, that's when I'm going to, you know, store and. Like, you know, nine to five doesn't work for everybody. A lot of us either work for insurance companies or, you know, with, with speakers, more or less with speakers, or, you know, teachers, any job that can make, that help us become us. So this has to be an Olympian. You know, jobs are like, well, you know, are you going to take my job? You know, you're overqualified, you're underqualified, you know. So to place an Olympian in, in, in a career, you have to really, really know your craft. And yes, that's been like see. a struggle for a lot of us to just to know exactly where we fit in after the caring stopped.
0: Mm. Yes. We had the pleasure of having Peter Westbrook with us on the show, um about two nice. years ago. Nice, Peter. Yeah, and um we also had um Kim Hampton as well, that's another one of your friends too. And yeah. they all talked about life after and how difficult it was to make that transition and you know, the more you hear about it, you're absolutely right. You can't take a round peg, and you know, a square peg and put it into a round hole. It's just not going to work. No, and no, no. I started a campaign
1: called a campaign, you know, Retired Olympians Need Career Opportunities, called Ronco. And mm-hmm. the Olympic Committee came down on me like crazy. I wanted to know what's going on. I'm like, because when you're retired, you can't just place somebody who's in competition. When you're retired as well, we still need career advice. I mean, I know some Olympic gold medalists, world champions, world record holders that are unemployed, mm-hmm. that call me. And I'm like, what? And so I put that message out there, but they tell me you can't use the word Olympian; so I have to use the word retired elite athlete for career opportunities, traded to Rianco. And that pretty much went pretty well about a year or two ago. But then again, you don't get the support from anybody that dies down, and nobody wants to talk about it. But the, the truth is, is that you have some people who have broken world records and who've had to sacrifice. I mean, look at, um, well, I'm not going to get mentioned name, but it was it John Carlos was selling his gold medal online? Mm. One of them was, even if it wasn't John Carlos, it was Tommy. One of them was selling their gold from the 1960s Olympics. Yes,
0: Before, yes, I saw One was that. selling
1: their, their, um, their gold medal, their spikes online. Mm. And that's how bad it got. Yeah, and so, you know, it's tough to be an Olympian. I mean, some of us do very well, and some... You know some people
0: just still struggle, so you know it's twofold I think mm. so when you this is like um when you have this um this skill, this, this ability, this this talent, um what do you do with it? I mean, I know that you've taken on the role of being a motivational teacher and speaker but what do you do with all of the skills that Freddie has, has instilled in you in regards to your athletic ability? Because I know at one point in time I was coaching kids, and I loved it. Um, do you find yourself drawn to, to helping out young young adults?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I had my own foundation for a very long time, but then I didn't have a lot of support. And obviously, you know, in New York City, Olympians, if I was any other nationality, I would be a star. But – The United States doesn't really recognize all the Olympics, especially New York City, because of the professional sports. But what I do is I try to still go to my son's school. I have several schools that I go to and take it under my wing. You know, I get um, equipment donated. Because I used to work for the DOE, by the way, Department of Education, for a very long time until Klein and, you know, leave you all switched. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm still out there. People still, you know, have my information. They contact the USOC or the U.S. Track and Field. And they get in contact with me. And I, I still lend myself. I get emails all the time. I'm the president of the um, Tri-State Chapter, which is Encompass Olympians and Paralympians chapters, so but we do New York, New York, and Connecticut. So I'm still a voice out there. When someone wants to contact me, you know, if I'm available, I'll do it. But, you know, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for kids, you know, helping young adults. And I would love to be back in the athletic arena, but, you know, right now, you know, if it just hasn't really happened for me, and I don't know why, but, you know, to be back in sports helping young kids, that's where I, I should be, but obviously I'm where I need to be,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and so that's taking care of my child right now. We have to do mm-hmm. other stuff, like it's the other stuff you have to do. Yes, indeed. I but
0: especially understand.
1: somebody, you know, you want to go ahead and coach our college team, and I'll be on the next plane out of New York City.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and actually I should even... Um, Cause I don't think I put myself out there to let people know that I'm available to coach. I don't think because people have asked me, why don't you coach? I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, you know. I think Roger King just now got hired at of University of the um, Kentucky to be their um, football coach, their football training coach or whatever. So we're starting to like you know go over into different areas of um, sports as well. Mm-hmm. I mean track is everybody has to know how to run before you play what um basketball soccer, baseball, basketball. Soccer. I mean yeah. everybody's got to mm-hmm. you, know, you gotta you run
0: first. Mhm. And you have
1: to run some places with support.
0: And you have and he's a
1: fast one on the team. Mm-hmm. You
0: of course he's gonna be fast. His mama's fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm.
0: But you have um, a certain kind of skill set, a certain kind of training that you receive that no one else in the world has gotten. They have not had that opportunity. And it is something that I, it's, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but you learn how to have compassion towards the people that you're working with based on the training that you've got because you know how important it is and what it can do for you.
1: Yeah, the, the competitive edge is that, you know, growing up, you know, and becoming an Olympian is that what sports does is gives you, gives you those skills, those transferable skills into the real world, prepares you very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you to, to be, become organized, to be a team player, to be structured. In the sense that when people do meet you sometimes, you can be overwhelming because it's too much for them. A lot of people don't like to break out their comfort zone. Olympians, we're always out of our comfort zone, and we always look for change, but in real life, Change doesn't always happen. And once you meet us, they're like, oh, my God. People presume you one way until you get to meet her. Like Jackie jenner is the most homeless person you ever can meet on this planet. You would never know it, though, because you don't see her enough. The late Flojo, she was very introverted. She was extroverted on the track with her one-legged, but she was very quiet. You would not notice her. You would notice me before you noticed the late Flojo coming to the room. You know, it's a different personality, different dynamic, depending on where you came from. Um... So, yeah, growing up, you had to really, really, you know, have, like, boundaries. To, uh, to um, you, don't, you don't want to be too overwhelming, You don't want to be mm-hmm. too aggressive. But in our sport, that's what you have to do to be the best. So to yes. be in real life, to go into a real-life situation, you're like, wait, I can't be too aggressive. I can't be too overwhelming. But guess what? To be an Olympic champion, that's what I did. And now here I am out in the real world. You want me to start at on the bottom? I just came from the top. You <laughs> so, know, so it's kind of... You know, you got to feel that way. I just came from the top. Now i got to start where because I don't have what. So it's, um, it's a constantly, like, battle. You know, but it's a good one. It's, it's a good fight to fight. You know what I'm saying? Because you know mm-hmm. where you came from, so you know where you're going.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, you've already been there. You know how to get there, and, you, and that's the thing. You know what it takes to get you to the top of whatever it is that you want to do. It's just a matter of you picking what it is you want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. We all try to, we all still trying to find ourselves. Yeah, I'm trying to find myself. I say, Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find myself. Why wow, are you still lost? But yeah, it's just a matter of sticking to something, what works for you. I've been in New York City all my life and people tell me, Why are you still in New York City? You know what? I'm a New York girl. It is what it is. My family is here and until somebody wants me for something amazing, I'm gonna always be a Brooklyn
0: girl. Okay. Well, fortunately, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm going to tell you that no matter where you go, you take Brooklyn with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to stand up. I mean, come on now. We have to. We yeah. have to. You know, we really do. Everybody always tells me, you're
0: Brooklyn's best kept secret. I'm like, what does that mean? That <laughs> like, means really? so. That means nothing. You are an amazing, phenomenal woman. And you're not a secret because... I found you. Anybody can find you if they want yeah, to. That's well, then, what I'm yeah, Come on,
1: NCAA Division One <laughs> <laughs> College, knock on my door. <laughs> Got to put myself out there to someone. Get a Twitter or LinkedIn. You know, people, they do they search me. I see it. But I think I'm going to put out there. I'm ready to um, be involved more with sports again because I miss it. I mean, I miss it like when I watch the you know, Olympics, or if I watch the Winters Summer Olympics, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you never you never know how much you miss them until you're there and you get into that feeling, you know, following all my, um, like Sonia, which is Ross, Allison Felix, and Natasha Hastings, and Francina McCrory. We're all like on Twitter, you know, we're all tweeting each other. So I, I do miss the score though. I miss it. I miss that, that action. I do.
0: Well, that if that means, hopefully you're saying this because you're ready to get back in because, you know, the universe is kind of funny like that. You say <laughs> it, it
1: happens. <laughs> you pray to the universe, you know what, you should call us now, guess what, answer the phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You're right, you're right, we'll see.
0: Yes, yes, and I think it would be wonderful because you have so much to offer. I mean, you have so much to give as far as, you know, teaching you and want training. To be our <laughs> you a publicist? I'm a
1: publicist. You're hired. Who <laughs> could be my publicist? <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate those kind words. It makes oh, me feel very good. I have no dying,
0: idea. I'm speaking from the heart because, you know, I know we go back, okay? We go way mm-hmm. back. And I know what it takes, and I know what it took. So I understand, and I know what you I know what you have, and I know what you can do. So you have so much to offer um, just based on your experiences because oftentimes a lot of athletes don't get the opportunity to travel overseas, so they don't, right, know they, don't. What, they don't know what the competition is like because the competition overseas is completely different than the competition in the United States.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's
0: yeah, like night and day. Yes, and you have had that opportunity to do that, to be there, to understand, to know the mindset That's you know, when you step out of a, your country to work, to really to serve your country in another country because that's what you do when you become an athlete. You serve your country in another way.
1: Yeah, you know the funny part is that um I was the first American woman to win a world indoor title, 1991, with Seville, 400 meters, I ran 50.64, held that record for 20 years until Francine McCoy broke it. She ran 50.54 a tenth, Um, 20 years later, 2011, and I cannot find that race anywhere.
0: Really? It's got to be you in some like. Cannot
1: market. find it. It's got to be. I try. I went to NBC Sports. NBC Sports actually featured it because they did a big special on me. I've contacted every sporting entity, universal sports, you name it, track alerts. I mean, I can go down the list of who I try to contact, and no one seems to have this video. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. I can't find my world indoor title, first American to win a world indoor title, in mail or email.
0: Somebody has it, I guarantee. So, anybody
1: <laughs> listening on the show, please. Get it to
0: me as soon as possible. Get it to her. Let her, have, let her see her legacy in action, yeah. please. Yeah, you, you know, deserve the that. Day, yeah,
1: VCR. I mean, you know, the VCR stuff. And my mother told me a long time ago, change your videos to to, to, to CDs, and I didn't listen to her. And I got a big bag full of, guess what, VCRs, please.
0: Well, you can take them and get them converted. That's easy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, the bag is huge. I guess one day I will. And maybe I'll <laughs> find my race. Ah, because it's huge. It's like, damn, you're that oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm a VCR. That's what it was, you know. That's how long it's. That's how it it, it has evolved, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really, yes. but the sport hasn't, because if you know, it took 20 years for somebody to break your record.
1: Can you imagine I had the record for 20? I was like, nobody's faster than me
0: in 20 years. Cause that's you were me,
1: girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, you know, track so We don't get as much publicity as we should, and I guess it's because, you know, in the United States, we had three indoor track meets, I think. I mean, it's not televised. You can't find anywhere. Universal Sports, they want you to pay to get all these packages. I'm like, just show a track and field meet on the freaking TV. (laughs) But you can't find any. But I was like, that's come anybody knew me. I was on TV every single week from the Colgate. Like you said, Mm when I was in college, the world championships, the Olympics—I was always on TV. NBC stayed at my house all the time. Channel Two, all the time. But now, you know, we don't have that—you know—that kind of style with those kind of personalities. Because everybody's like, "Oh, I like to race against her. Oh, she's so nice." See, when we competed, we didn't like each other. We we're like, "Listen, I don't like, <laughs> so I'm like her behind. You know, that, that, yeah. That's what they want. They don't want you to like everybody. I'm like, why you guys like everybody?" You know, and when we were competing, I mean, I wasn't Valerie's friend. I wasn't Denise's friend. I think I want to beat her. And I guess that rivalry was what the audience wants. But mm-hmm. now they're so polite. Oh, she's so special. Oh, I love her. Oh, I love her today. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> I mean, I
1: get it. But for the sport, you got to have some trash talking.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't want yeah. that
1: polite stuff. That's why they always tell oh, me, God, here comes Zion, this, and Valerie's this so it was a rival, you know, like, early. She's on the track. But nowadays, they are like, oh, she's so nice. Oh, she's so nice. And I keep saying, <laughs> you guys are too polite. Be polite, you know, behind closed doors, but on the track, do the trash talk because that's what they want to hear.
0: I think the guys do it. The guys do it. Oh, absolutely. Talking. That's
1: why they get more pressed. That's exactly why they get more pressed because all they do is trash talk. And all we do is say how great we are. And how, you know, oh, I love her. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that works for you, but now when I was confused, I was like, well, who's on the track? okay, let's see. Yeah, but yeah, there's no that there's no trash talking. I think, you know, we need some not bully, but we need something. You need something to be excited about, you know?
0: We need some um reality drama on the track.
1: <laughs> you need you need you know what, honestly? You need something, and because the, the, the I like you stuff, I love you stuff. Doesn't it's not working for our sport? It really isn't. It's a competitive sport. We mm-hmm. want to see competitors, and I, I love my sport, but I think that we're missing, you know, the rivalry of mm-hmm. people. Like we used to have, we were competing. There are no rivalries right now. There's none. You,
0: you know, you see it. Like I said, you see it when you when you step off and you go to the the European market. You see it. Indian right, United States, Us, USA against it. the
1: world, but it could be USA within USA. But like I said, the guys do it, but the girls—they mm-hmm. don't. It's no, a very, it's a very—it's a very quiet. It's become a very quiet sport.
0: You know, no. I mean, I have to mm-hmm. go
1: on Twitter and Facebook and follow people to find out what's going on.
0: Yeah, it, it, do you think that it's geared that way for a particular reason, or you just think that it's just evolved to that? I think
1: that people in the u s and Field need to take a look at their marketing strategies and see how we can better promote our athletes. Where we can, you know, like Lola Jones, she went from the summer to the winter Olympics. That's a good story. I mean, yeah. she didn't win, but I mean, still. Um, so did Lauren Williams. Same thing. She went from a gold medal to um, a silver medal. So we need more, more stories, more enlightening. Like, where are they now? People want to know what's Jackie Joyner Kerst's doing. She was on CHOP. They went out in the first round. I was pissed. <laughs> I'm like, you can't keep her? Like, who wants to see Charles um, Oakley? We want to see Jackie join the courtesy cook. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Somebody should have had a, uh, and I'm not saying show's a rig, but they are. Somebody should have kept Jackie joyner the on to at least the end. This is the greatest female actor of all time. You know, and you go on chop and get Chopped the first round. I was like, listen, Jackie, we got to do better, okay, boys? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, I really wanted to see her. I was kind of, I'm like, God, you got Chopped? You know, so we got to put us where we're winning on the track and off the track. And yes. that's her winning popped. That would be yes. like a big story.
0: It would be. And, you know, you know what I don't think people get the opportunity to, to do is to get to know you because of the fact that they only know you when you have on your uniform. But when you take off your uniform, they don't really know who you are, what your likes are, what your hobbies are, you know, what no, are your hobbies, don't. you know?
1: No, you know, and I, I'm a cook. I almost went to own Master Chef, but because of scheduling my son. But I'm a home chef. But I mean, I like to do other things. But you never know about that person because, you know, it's never put out there. Now Jackie hasn't been around in, in quite some time. I see her a lot. Then when I saw her chop, I was I started tweeting, but I was shocked. You know, I knew she was gonna go at least to the round two. And
0: mm-hmm. I'm like
1: round one, Jackie. And it was here in New York City, and I'm like, okay, so. But it's in Chelsea Piers, you know, I'm like, oh, so I didn't get an invitation. Like, what's up with that, though? Y'all <laughs> <laughs> are still a mess. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the show is right in Chelsea Piers. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get an invitation. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that if we have more stories to show us outside of the track and field, but now it's, just a, it's a very quiet sport. It's very quiet.
0: Mm-hmm. And I yeah. hope
1: the, hopefully, you, if the track and field gets better with marketing, you know, marking us outside of an Olympic year.
0: Yes, I think because the only time you hear the stories is the months leading to a Summer Olympics.
1: Yeah, yeah. like I mean Sonia Richards-Royce, she has a reality show that's on WeTV. I don't even get the channel in New York City, so that's not, and then they, 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 he, you know, he's on mm-hmm. the Giants now, so that's kind of like, okay, we know it's on, but it's on WeTV and people don't have that channel. So I mean, they put us out there, but Oftentimes we all don't get to see what the show is because we don't have those channels or we can get access to it. So we need more accessibility to these athletes. That's what it is. That's what we need. And, you know, you don't really get it that much unless you're in the little circle, then you get it. But if you're not, you're to look at it from the outside. Like I said, it's become a very quiet sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Well, not for so long because you're going to let them know. Pump Listen. it up a little
1: bit. Oh, absolutely. Get some, to get something going on. Some of should apply a little bit. Maybe I'll pose for Playboy. 50 and fabulous. <laughs> I hear you. Can you imagine? 50 and fabulous on Playboy. Oh, my um, God. I you may be,
0: you might look better than a lot of the ones that are there that are in their 20s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right? It's like, whoa. But, um, no. But I, mean, I thank you so much for um, recognizing my talents and, uh, for the radio show. And um, I think you're doing a great job.
0: Thank you. You know, keep
1: up the good work because, you know, we're just doing this good, and it's Women's History Month, and people should know, you know, they're women heroes, people who, you know, left the legacy for other people to follow in their footsteps.
0: Yes, indeed. And you you have left a tremendous one. And I'm telling you, you know, during your time when you were out there, there were so many little girls that looked up to you and wanted to be just like you. And that's what we need because of the simple fact that you see for yourself, you got all these young women out there that are so lost because they don't have role models to look up to that are doing something positive.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And we need that. I remember at
1: Colgate, my mom said, she was sitting in the stand and somebody said, I want to be Diane Dixon. I want to have a weave. I want to have a fur coat. And I went out that red car that she put up in. I said 'cause the girl had to be like six. She said, I want to have a weed and I want to have her fur coat. I thought it was so cute. I mean, you know, it was like, Well, you know, at least me you know, she wants something, but you know, stuff like that. I mean it, I mean, she's six years old, you know, but other than the real stuff about, you know, going to school, going to college, it's what I really, really emphasize. I mean, I'm a motivator, I'm an educator, I'm hard on my son, you know, he's a great kid, you're a dixon. And people tell me you did a great job with him. And I tell people, you know, I'm going to be hard on you because I expect you to be our next leader. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to be easy on you because guess what? It's better for you to cry now than to cry later.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: You know, and that's what I try to
0: do. That's right. My mom, she was a proponent of, you know, you let me discipline you now because I do not want the juvenile justice system disciplining you later. So Thank you. she was... Amen. She was Yes, and I, look, I've I, I raised my daughter, and I've raised my daughter to take her punishment now so she knows how to conduct herself as a productive citizen later. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that was one of the things that Freddie kind of instilled in us too, how to become productive citizens. Because if you notice, most of the girls that came through his tutelage, they wind up going back and giving back to the community in some way, some way, shape, or form. And that is probably one of the most beautiful things that he's gifted us with. Each each one of us, we all got something different all at the same time, mm-hmm. which was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. They still, the Colgate Women's Games, I think Cheryl runs it now,
0: mm-hmm. and the whole
1: Adams Tracker team, they all work at Colgate every December, January, February, well, no, not that, but December, January could see the whole, you know, Adams Track of the older ones right there on the floor with the young ones growing
0: up. Yes, and that's and that is amazing, and it's just really good to know that you came from that. You know, you can look back and say, I was a part of that, I helped develop that, and I'm going back and I'm giving back because. This is, this is where I'm from. This is where I come from. I'm not going to let this go or give it up.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And my whole thing is I don't understand why the Colgate Women's Games have not gotten more recognition than they, you know, because they provide such a nurturing and protective environment for these young girls and women to come into and just um, have fun because it's about having fun. You meet new friends. You have fun. You compete a little bit and everything, and, and that's a good place. It's a safe place. And I just well, think, I think it's, you know, when I
1: was competing, it had more recognition. I think when I stopped, it kind of because I know we used to run the Colgate final, and the next day was the middle of those games, and that was mm-hmm. like forever. And I never yeah. understood why people couldn't wait until, like, the Colgate games was like the day after, the day after, the day before, the day, I be, the know, day before, and, the
0: day before.
1: Right? They couldn't even invite the people, in the, you know, to, to come out to see the kids. You know, I never understood the correlation. And for a very long time, they never stayed over, you know. And I don't know if just didn't want to reach out because is very private and he's very proud. And if you don't come, he won't ask. Mm -hmm. And so now it's at the armory, and it's only for two weeks. I don't know if you know if it's only for two weeks because they canceled the middle of games and put it in the armory. So now the Colgate game is in the armory for only junior run for two weeks. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. they cut it down. Mm-hmm. Wow!
0: Wow!
1: Everybody wow. went for two weeks. That's it. Two weeks for two days. So if they cut it down like tremendously. When we went for four weeks, then had the semis and finally at the garden. Yeah, Nope, they took, no. It's no. It's no longer at Pride Institute. It's at the Armory. Only two weeks, and then it's a wrap.
0: That is That just takes all the joy out of it because the kids have some place to go and they look forward to going to that place every, every week.
1: Every single weekend, yeah, for yeah. four weeks. And then the next two weeks, the semifinals and the finals, that was like four or five. Six weeks is cut down to two. do it everything in two weeks for, or two weekends. I'm like, wow, that's pretty like, oof.
0: Yeah. So I guess
1: that's backing so slowly, dwindling to be like, you know. And it's sad because everybody wants to run.
0: Yes, yes. But
1: there's not enough money in the sport to keep it around. You've got to have somebody come in with a whole lot of money. You know what? We want to keep the sport around, and no one's done that yet.
0: Okay. Well, we... uh, changes have to be made i did see cheryl Toussaint on the aspire um network they have like a like a 30 second spot and they did one on cheryl Toussaint and the Colgate women's games and i thought that oh. was amazing and that's a start but you know you have all these celebrities out here that are you know champions for the cause of other things so let's let them try to get down behind that because it's something that is necessary and it's oh, beneficial for young baby. I grew up
1: in Colgate. I mean, who didn't grow? Who didn't run Colgate when they was younger? We all did. That's <laughs> right. You <laughs>
0: got that said,
1: Colgate woman's game. Colgate, Colgate, call the woman. Let's yes. get ready. Let's so, I mean, who doesn't remember that song? I'm like, come on. I was like 12, and it's just like part of me. So it has to stay around. We got to write Mr. Yes. Colgate himself or something.
0: Yes, and my daughter ran Colgate. so you know it becomes a legacy for a lot of women who participated in it. They send their kids, you know, their daughters out there to run in it, and you know people don't really understand the importance of having places for our young girls and young young women to go to, so that they, they can go be, somewhere
1: exactly and get a positive, you
0: know, yes.
1: feedback on what's going on, and then just and then get scholarships because they get scholarships from like. The finals first day, so she gets
0: with so, towards college, so that's important too. Yes, it is. It, it in today's economy and any economy, it's important. And it was just a benefit, you know, it, it offered so much to 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 young girls and young women, and. You know, it's just a shame that we can't really see the benefit and the beauty of things and we have to kind of like chop everything down that's so beneficial and important and stuff that's not all that important and beneficial gets all this recognition. I I don't understand.
1: Yeah. I I throw my hands up on that one. We got to champion something for that. I mean... Like I said, Freddie, he's, he's getting much older. He's, like, getting away from his show with six for a very long time. You know, and you don't, it's just, you know, you need somebody to go in to say, listen, let's step up the game little." Because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you don't get the same results. Yeah. And, you know, I think that maybe they should bring in, I mean, I know that Adam Sheldon's been here forever, but we may need change. You know, you may
0: yeah. need
1: change the guard to put some spice, you know, because like I said, if you've been doing the same thing and the same results, come in there, revamp the entire Colgate Women's Game, bring it back up to the 21st century where it needs to be and not back, you know, when I was competing, which was good, but, you know, it hasn't really helped score because it's dwindling now.
0: Yeah, and you the thing about it is
1: two weeks.
0: the Colgate Women's Games deserves better, deserves more.
1: Yeah, it does. It's been around for 40 years and... It's like and it, counting, it may yes. not be around because I think at some point Colgate was dropping it. And then everybody yeah. kind of convinced them not to drop it.
0: It deserves so much more and it deserves so much better. Like I said, you have all these initiatives to get kids out, to, to exercise and, and eat more and be more act eat better and be active freddie's been doing yeah. it for all these years telling you you know get your kids out get your daughters out of here so they can have fun and exercise and move around he's been saying this and like yeah, i said but nobody's
1: listening anymore because like i said he's gotten so old you see him and he can barely speak you know, and the other people there. I'm not saying you know, think that they're just from the old school. When you're from the old school, sometimes you gotta do change. Bring in somebody who's hip and trendy, you know, and do something else with the cold game to make it much more marketable and attractive for other sponsors besides cold. Because if you get more, cold is the only sponsor. You need more than one sponsor. Yes, you do. You, you do. Get them to come in there and try to, you know, do partnerships and you know, get it together and see what yeah. happens. I mean, I would hate to see the Jacoge die down because that was like, it, it helped so many people's careers. I mean, they still have me in the record books.
0: Yes, and like lady. I said, you know how many, you know, world record holders and, you know, amazing athletes that have come through the doors of this, this entity. It's just Unbelievable, and and no, it doesn't deserve to go away. It deserves to be lifted up and embraced and celebrated, and he deserves to be celebrated for what he's done.
1: Yeah, and sometimes, like you know, like I said, people they don't actually get good to change. Nobody wants to see things change. They want to keep it going the same way. But when you see it, you know, getting out of their hands, like wait a minute, we better start doing something else. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and I
1: think they're not, you know, somebody's not listening, like but hopefully. They won't die down too much, you know.
0: No, we're going to get the word out. We, You know, people are going to get the word. Okay. We're going to get the word out. People are going to get the word out. I mean, come on. If they're on Aspire, and you know who owns Aspire, that's, uh, I think, Magic Johnson's uh, network. Yeah. So, you know. that. Yeah, so if he can put that on there, he can also step behind that a little bit, too, if he wanted, if he chose to do so. And well, you he know,
1: has, again, if it's... Uh, if his, if his child ran track, same people associate with their children do, you know. So mm-hmm. if he has somebody who ran track, but you know, if if you haven't run track before, you can say how much you love this person, that person. But the same token, put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> you
0: know, you
1: love track and field. So I mean, you, Max Johnson came in here built those condos downtown looking at you know, people really can't afford, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he has other ventures, so, you know, just do what you need to do it help the grassroots people. You see those yeah. condos at Atlantic Avenue?
0: Yes, I heard oh, all Atlanta, of, I Atlanta. see them, and I heard all about it, and I thought it was the craziest thing. And I'm like, you know what? Go figure, but yeah, it is it what is. it is. It is what it, it is. It
1: is what it is. Yeah, it is definitely what it is. And it's like, mm, but, you know, the same token, you know, um, People like that, are they even reachable? Does he even know what it is? The is? I mean, I saw him tweeting Lauren Williams about, you know, hey, good luck, you know. And But, you know, the people from Brooklyn, is just not
0: known for track and field. That's the problem. whole thing. New York City has not been a, 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 a place where you, no. where you groom athletes of that caliber, and they never expect it. They always think they're on the West Coast. Nah. Yeah. East Coast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they, they don't, and I mean, I was like, the, between me and Natasha, because I was in 88, and she came like in 98, so 10 years later, somebody figured out, oh, Natasha's from New York, but guess what? She don't live here, so nobody can really relate to her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that stuff, too. Like, people don't groom track and field athletes in New York City. Are uh, they basketball players, football players. They don't look at track and field as, oh, my God, she's from where? No, it doesn't work that way anymore, and we have to you know, bring um, more leverage and more visibility to people who run track here because we need mm-hmm. you no know, track and field athletes and, you know, we don't really have that many. No.
0: no. No. Because of the fact that the facilities, too, you know, to get a facility. Yeah, we're
1: not grooming them.
0: You And to get a facility is so much – I know when I was trying to get a facility for the kids that I was coaching, it was so much red tape just to get a facility, and you had to go here, and you got to get this, and you got – I'm like, my goodness, we can just run down the street if that's the case. But you don't want your kids running down the street. You want them to be someplace safe and protected. You know, it's just so much involved with the New York City environment and track, and that's one of the other reasons. However, that's no excuse.
1: No, it's not. But, look, it was nice speaking with you. Um,
0: Yes.
1: I just I want to say that um, you've been great, and hopefully, you know, I can talk to you again. Of course. Get a feel of what's going on. You know, I'll keep you updated on um, what I'm doing. Um, I'm trying to rebuild my foundation again and uh, to see where I can make my move and make my movement and make a difference with kids, with my foundation. I was working at it for a very long time, but then I got sidetracked and had to did a real job. It's like we all do. I really did. But uh, I think, you know, now may be a time to really, you know, get back into, um, you know, having this platform as a platform for my foundation as well.
0: Because, you sure. know, our
1: kids need this, especially young yes. women.
0: Yes, indeed. I'm so glad, you know, you took the time, because I know you're working to kind of sit with us and chat. I appreciate this totally. Oh, no problem. And you are welcome back anytime and we will Thank definitely you. stay in touch. I mean, come on, that goes without <laughs> saying. <laughs> uh uh-huh. And everything. Thanks and maybe lot. we we can brainstorm on some other ideas that we kinda like talked about here today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all open for discussion. I mean, we touched base on a lot of different things and um uh, Whatever is doable to me is doable. You know, If, it, like mm-hmm. you said, the universe may be calling me for something that I've always wanted to. And once my phone rings, I'm going to answer it. And that's okay. how it's going to be. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. And um, thank you again. And like I said, it was a pleasure. And it has been an honor knowing you because you inspire me. Thanks, Aurelia. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So you have a good evening, and we will talk soon. Okay.
1: Where can I hear the interview?
0: I will send it to you, and the link that I sent you earlier in the email, you could use that uh-huh. as well, so you can replay it on oh, there okay. as well. Yeah, but I'll send you uh, so another one. You're quite welcome. So you have a good evening.
1: You too.
0: Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Everyone, that was the amazing, phenomenal Diane Dixon. Um, she, is an athlete. She is an activist. She is a motivational teacher, speaker. She's an excellent role model to a lot of young girls who have dreams and goals. She's a prime example of what it takes to be able to fulfill your dreams and goals because she went from just running in local track meets to running on the big stage, the Olympic stage. Now, It doesn't come easy. She worked hard. She put a lot of effort in it. She persevered. She showed dedication and commitment. And she was able to pursue that goal and achieve that dream. And that's what it's like to be a champion, to make the sacrifice, to do what you need to do, to make your dreams come true. And that's what Women's History Month is about, showing you women who can do it, letting you know that you too can do it and that nothing holds you back but yourself. So you just have to take the time and realize that you are capable, you are well-equipped, and yes, you can do it. So on that note, I'm going to go because this has been an amazing time for me. It was great talking with a friend and, and having dialogue and conversation so you know what we talk about. So keep this in mind. You are the most important person to yourself. When you are good to yourself, you can be great to others. When you're great to yourself, you can be fantastic to everyone else. So the goal is be the best you possible because everybody loves you because you love yourself. Now, on that note, I'm cutting out, and I'm going to wish you all a wonderful evening. And please join us again on Saturday when we have Paradigm Shifters with Marilyn Ocasio and Steve Duncanson. Be well. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.